The sky is falling and we're just relaxing on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, your guide through the looking glass of Wall Street insanity. Today, I'm joined by the one and only, the peerless, Vincent Shen. How's it going today, Vince? Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks for the new adjective. Yeah, you. Uh, I busted up my thesaurus, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep doing this. <laughs> uh, we got a lot going on in the market the past couple of days. I, uh, oh, man. Okay. So... For those of you who are just joining us, we're talking about market insanity. In case you didn't know, the market was down as much as a thousand points yesterday um, because it's just so entertaining. And uh, we're going to also look at everyone's favorite electronics retailer, Best Buy, which seems to be thriving even in today's world. They reported earnings this morning. Um, so, without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, Vince, what's going on with the market? <laughs> so, like you said, uh, the, you know the S and P, the Dow, and you know markets worldwide really have seen some serious serious volatility over the past week um S&P 500 shed 9.7% since our last show the crazy thing to me was the its lowest point was right at the open like oh, right yeah. at 932 and we we will get to that cuz i yeah. think there's a few uh drivers that kind of created this perfect storm effect to to really worsen that situation um but you know the bulk of the losses that nine point seven percent I mentioned since about our last show on yeah. Tuesday um, have occurred basically Friday and yesterday. Right. Um, the Dow has similarly shed about nine point four percent over that period. Uh, again, biggest losses being over the past two days. And uh, the VIX, uh, which is a volatility index, it's something I like to see and uh, what it's doing over you know over the past year. It's been pretty steady. Around, uh, Generally traded between the low teens and low twenties. So for our listeners, real quick, like what is the VIX? Like, is it just so? This is a we don't need to get know, too technical. This is the Motley Fool. In, like in my last position too, we kind of struggled. Like, so what is exactly the unit of measurement for the VIX as well? But generally, I'd say it's a proxy. It no? <laughs> you, I would look at it overall as a proxy for what the volatility in the market is, and something that. Uh, you know, I've heard to people refer to it as is just the fear index, basically how yeah. jittery and concerned are investors about the market right now. So if the VIX is low, stocks are pretty much just hanging out and kind of going flat. And if they're going all over the place, the VIX is high. Uh, I think that's a close enough description. To the uh, layman, if I was at a dinner party, would that be fair? Close enough. Okay. You know, if it's on a bull run... The VIX, the VIX is still going to trade a little Oh, lower. it is. It'll be. Okay. But then, to, yeah. for example, you know, it started last week at 13, and then on Friday, it spiked to 28. Friday trading was pretty rough. Yeah. And then yesterday, it spiked to 41. <laughs> Didn't it? That's pretty much where it was at, like, you know, when Bear Stearns collapsed, as I recall. Oh, the, it, like, was, very it was, fuzzy, it was but... even higher. Uh, oh, it was at insane okay. levels during the financial crisis. Okay, uh, if you chart it out, it you know looks like Mount Everest essentially because of the financial yeah. crisis. Uh, so you know that's uh, basically been the past uh, week or so. So why is the market spooked? Like I've heard many a theory. We're long-term foolish investors, so we don't really care. But it's fun to talk about. So, sure, what sure. do you think's going on? Um, I think it's still important to get an idea of just basically what's going on in the world, what's driving things. Um, if I had to break it down to a single catalyst, I think a lot of it is due to you know basically the really bad, bad situation they have in China right now. Um, if you are in a, if you're an investor right now in the Chinese stock market, I feel for you because the Shanghai Composite has shed eight point five percent yesterday. Another seven point six percent today. Um, it, the index was actually on like a bull run through. Mo- well, yeah. So I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. The Shanghai index 
is you know it felt like three thousand from like five thousand. This is actually the lowest level since like eight months ago. But oh, yeah. it went from three to five in eight months. Yeah, so. I think uh, it's important to keep in mind that it had a really strong bull run through the beginning, first half of 2015, yeah. and then it hit its peak in uh, mid June, and since then it's fallen about forty three percent. And I think it's <laughs> negative territory for the for uh, the year now. Um, you know, the government has tried to basically stem this free fall like that's a huge drop over a very short period of time um they've cut interest rates multiple times five times since last november and actually they did it again this morning i think and that is something yeah. i think is driving some of the uh some of the more positive trading today that we'll get to yeah shanghai index is at 2964 in case anybody's curious anyway uh, so they're trying to improve liquidity in the market as well uh you know reducing the uh the ratios that the banks need for their holdings. Yeah, they're positive. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, I think combining that with some of the more, you know, fundamental economic news, uh, you know, on Friday there was a manufacturing survey that basically said China's manufacturing input output has fallen to, it has fallen its fastest rate since the financial crisis. And, you know, the uh, Nikkei exchange or index has fallen 13.4% since last Tuesday. The Hong Kong Hang Seng, 8.8%. The FTSC, 9.6%. So this, uh, this you know, this past week has been bearish for markets everywhere. Yeah. So you've had uh, you've had friends and family call you because you're the, the stock market guy that works at The Motley Fool in the family. Um, I've... How distressed was their tone of voice? <laughs> uh, well, it's, the thing is, like, I feel my last job, even though it was, you know, related to equities um, and banking, it was far, it was less tied to day to day markets. And whereas now, it's like I'm really watching it just for the articles and keeping track of this much more. I feel like I'm much more uh, qualified in general to talk okay. about this stuff. So I did have a lot of friends and my brother as well reach out to me yesterday morning, and they some of them uh, were. A little worried, just like, hey, what's going on? Like, I yeah. know uh, weakness, Chinese economy is kind of driving a lot of this just from the headlines I read, but what's really going on? Others were like, oh my gosh, Vince, like, should I be liquidating everything right now <laughs> and basically buying gold bullion? <laughs> um, and, you know, that's my retirement plan. I have a bunch of gold on my mattress. I don't know if you need that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I basically explained to them, like, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, over the weekend, there's definitely a lot of built-up worries from the week Friday trading. I think it, it, I don't think it ever helps when you kind of end the week on right. such a sour note like that. And then combine that with uh, when the market it trades down so quickly in early trading, like you said, it was down a thousand points in the first right. you know few minutes. That trips a lot of stop loss orders for retail right. investors. So that exacerbates the situation. Then you have a lot of bigger institutional investors. They're selling out of their international exposure. Like I said, China, Asian region. It's not exactly looking rosy there right now, and uh, a little bit longer term, like medium term, you know, uh, the Fed interest rate decision is coming. They're meeting in September, which that in and of itself, before, I could do a show about that on its own. You know, like, previously people were saying, "All right, this might be the meeting where the rates get raised," but right. with the way things traded the past couple of days, I don't know. About well, that. this is a completely side note, and this is a CG show, so I'll just say this. But like, you know, the, one of the things that the Fed uses is, uh, you know, decide whether or not. Up interest rates is inflation expectations. Oil's at forty dollars a barrel. There is no consumer inflation at all going on. <laughs> I'm glad you wrote up the oil too. So you know, I basically explained that laundry list of things that are going on. I told them, you know, in the end, uh, and this is definitely you know the investing horizon and vision I try and to stick to, and like many of us do here at the Fool, is 
this day-to-day stuff, you know, right. you can't be fretting about this or you're going to drive yourself When crazy. I remember back in, um, correct me if I'm wrong, 2011, 2011 um, there was a lot of global growth fears. And then we there was that hiccup where everybody was like, oh, my gosh, the Fed's going to up interest rates. There was this talk like in 2011 and the that's been went a game. down or whatever. It's been a game for the market ever and since. I, yeah. And I, you know, it seemed really bad at the time. And I was, and that, I think that's when uh, the Japanese tsunami happened. So I was like, oh, their economy's wrecked, all this stuff. Sure. Nobody remembers it now. I don't remember the exact date. I, I'm, I basically just relayed to you everything I remember. Yeah, well, that, that was four years ago. That, and that's another example where you know, you ha- if you take that long term, uh, that long term view, you know, 2009, 2010, and since then the markets have. Gen- the broad market has done very, very well, right. and that's not a time you should be selling out. Especially, you know, when my friends called saying, "Hey, like, should I be selling out of my positions? Do you really want to do that now? Eating the transaction fees, not only that, but also selling at the bottom. Like when the obviously the market's really weak. Hold on, and a few of them mentioned Apple specifically, for example. And you know, Apple at its low, I think it was like ninety two dollars. Today, it's back up to a hundred. That was so weird. Like the gyrations on Monday, it was entertaining. I was like, "This isn't like this is crazy." So today, These you know, not- I, I last I checked it was about an hour into market open. Uh, the volatility, volatility index is back into the low thirties, and Dow was up one point seven, S and P five hundred up one point nine percent. European exchanges are up three to four percent. So this just gives you an idea. You, trading on these short term moves, this volatility, it's just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for your thoughts. And before we move on, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you have found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for all our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to Focused. Fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And moving on to best buys results, the stock is up like 15% or something along those lines on uh, pretty darn good results. So, Vince, what's going on? Do you shop at Best Buy? Are you a fan? Are you going to buy a washing machine there? What's up? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good that you mentioned the washing machine because the appliances actually did They're crushing it. Yeah, that's why so, I brought it up. <laughs> you know, Best Buy really, I think, surprised a lot of... Uh, a lot of people this quarter, in general, it seems like the company's benefiting from some shifting consumer de- demand. You know, the real estate market, for example, is improving. Home values are, are people going buy homes. They need to buy yeah appliances, okay. bigger ticket items, TVs, things along those lines. Are I think ultimately what's driving some of the the positive momentum that so Best Buy has. They had um, pretty darn good. In retail, it all comes down to same store sales results because if you don't yes. have bodies in the stores, I mean that's that's it. Like it's almost more important in a given quarter than. Net income, like it's really important. Yeah, it definitely. Um, they did very well there, three point eight percent year over year same store sales growth. Um, domestic, they had uh, seven point eight seven eight billion dollars in revenues versus seven point five eight five last year. Um, Forty six cents per share in earnings per share um, from continuing operations. Uh, what else stuck out to you? I just obviously did the headline numbers. Sure. So. Uh, the the CEO uh, Hubert Jolie, I think you say. We think we're saying that right, yeah. folks. So he uh, since he took over in 2012, and you know you have to applaud the guy because you know I'd say 
back in 2012, I remember people were basically at that point saying like, well, this is the end for Best Buy. It's going the way of Radio Shack or just something. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, Circuit City, for example. Yeah. One of his main competitors yeah. is no longer around. But, uh, you know, it, it has stuck through and he has done a really good job uh, cutting costs, increasing training for the sales associates, uh, cutting down the delivery times for uh, their e-commerce, which I will get back to later because that was a, that, that also was, saw a lot of yeah. improvement this quarter. And you know, I think in general he's just made the shopping experience for people going into be- Best Buy stores really nice. Um, he's dedicated a lot of floor space to like the best products. Uh, in, again, you know, we're talking uh, uh, we're talking about appliances, which are kind of coming up. Internet of Things, smart home. Uh, technology and so that's been a big driver this quarter and also you know the whole store in a store concept which has worked for other a lot retailers, of retailers as well are doing that a um, lot of them yeah and on the earnings call and in general the CEO has been really positive about Apple for example he's saying that he's going to be rolling out the Apple Watch to all of his stores I think by September for the holiday season they're going to be pushing the Apple store in a store concept to all of the locations as soon as possible um, and, incre- and basically increasing the amount of table display space and things like that um, for the best selling products yeah when I um, my wife and I bought a iPad mini uh, a year year and a half ago and uh, we went to Best Buy and they had it's not it's obviously not as good as an Apple store in terms of trying out the products because they also have like the huge computers and all that stuff. But um, you know, as you know, Apple stores get kind of crazy and packed. And yeah, I wanted a little more room to play with the iPad and to see what I liked or whatever. And Best Buy is a pretty darn good alternative. Yep. And this is the most successful electronics uh, uh, creator in the United States right now, arguably. So I bought my iPad at Best Buy. Yep, there you go. Uh, you know, they basically dedicate these parts, uh, these uh, portions of their floor space to these individual. You know, yeah, there were just two huge tables, and they had a little Apple divider thingy between them, and yeah. And you know, and going forward, you will probably, if you go again, you will see that growing even more, more tables, more display space, more areas for you can try out those products. So the CEO in the call. Um, he noted, and I'm very curious to get your opinion on this. Um, he said, "We believe that these better than expected second quarter results are an affirmation of our strategy of offering advice, service, and convenience at competitive prices is paying off." He then went on to say, and I'm actually not going to regurgitate the whole whole quote, but he he basically pointed to their competitive advantages. It is at the end of the day, though, a retailer. Do you think they actually have a competitive advantage? Is it just the advice and being better? Like, what? Where are they? Okay, so for, you know, first off. Uh, just to give everybody the baseline, um, you know, Sean, you covered some of the some of the uh, EP, the earnings per share numbers right. and stuff like that. Just to give you an idea, analysts were expecting thirty four cents per share for earnings, so they beat that handily, and they're also expecting about uh, I think eight point three billion dollars in revenue again. Crush that, and, yeah. And this but, is for yeah. a company that over the past few years has actually seen you know revenue declines. Um, in terms of just competitive advantages and you know what they've been doing well, I think again the focus on the right products, but also you know their uh, online sales. Their was online the other sales exactly. comparable online sales percentage change quarter over quarter was seventeen percent. Yes, they sold more online by seventeen percent this quarter than compared to the same quarter last year. That. I was like, man. Uh, and again, this is a huge trend, I think, for a lot of the big box stores. Yeah. Um, where basically they're saying, 
e-commerce is becoming way more important, and they're dedicating more resources to that. For well, example, it, you know, he, uh, Jolie here, he has, you know, he's using stores now as basically their hubs, faster shipping times, and you know, I don't. If Amazon Prime has improved it to you yet, people want convenience with their online. Well, not company. only that, but they want it fast. Um, I, I read this article and it was like, don't buy an electronic that costs over $100 on Amazon because at the end of the day, you can't go talk to a human or return it quickly. And you can do that with Best Buy. If I go buy you know, a computer, I can just order online, a little HP, $300, $400 thing. But if it breaks or sucks, I just want to return it quickly and swap it out for something else. I can just pop on over the uh, Best Buy. And that's that's an interesting and that's kind of a reversal you know. too of the trend that used people used to talk about, like the showrooming, right. where you go in uh, to a Best Buy or a Walmart or something, you play with what you, the product that you want, and then you go online. Right. Well, guess what? Now you know these these big box stores be getting getting more competitive on the price, and with some of their shipping options and just that uh, offering that value, that experience with this more uh, right. well trained sales associates, like you know, people are making that purchase in store, and that is benefiting companies like. Like here. Very good. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Vince. Thank you, Sean. Have a great day. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Vincent Chen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and fool on.